You are now listening to the Moon Child. It is a new month. It's March 1st. And I think that means that I've been doing this for over a year. I think I started this whole podcast thing a year ago. And I'm happy that I was able to keep this thing going. I know I stopped for a long period of time, but I feel like I prove that I've been back. I've been uploading episodes, and we are now on episode 29, and there should be plenty more to come. It's a nice gloomy day. It's not gloomy, actually. It's very sunny. It's a very good day. The weather is starting to get better. We're approaching the springtime, and yeah, now it's been over a year that I started this podcast thing, and it's we're getting close, very close to that time where it's been over a year. I mean, it's been a year where this coronavirus started taking over our lives. And I'm honestly to say, you know, it's kind of cliche to say it, but I'm glad that we're not in the same position that we were when it was April or late March. You know, our mentality on this virus was completely different from what it is now. We actually have a vaccine now. Things are starting to open up as well. Mass has become a part of our lifestyle, but we're not super, you know... We're not super uneducated about the virus like we were a year ago, the way we are now. We're a lot more educated on the virus. We have a lot more information. And I have a, you know, I have confidence that I feel like as human beings still, I still have confidence in human beings today that we're on an uptrack from the virus. So we'll see how we progress with that over time. But as far as now, it's been a year. And it's been a long year. It's been a learning experience for all of us. But that's not what I came here to talk about today. I actually need to go on a little rant. Because as an unhappy Kings fan, I need to explain myself. Because I've been trying to tell people on this podcast that this team is actually good. And that we can compete for the playoffs this year. And that we can actually show, you know, progress going up as a franchise. But... I'm simply wrong, and I have some things I like to talk about. I'm not going to make this episode too long, but just know that I am not that happy. Okay? Um, I said in the last episode that we need to go at least 2-3 and three for this three-game stretch. Instead, we went 1-3 and three versus the Knicks. We lost to the Knicks. We barely beat the Pistons. Shout out to Harrison Barnes. For hitting a clutch dagger three step back oh feels so mean just made you can you get that look like that Ugh. you know what i'm saying he hit this one step back three to hit the dagger it was just nasty and then of course last night we lose to the hornets and we were up by eight points with a minute 13 seconds left and we still found a way to lose because of missed free throws and just our inability to play good defense and now we're still 13th in the West. Um, we're the fifth worst team in the league right now based on the tank stats. Based on tanking-wise, we're the fifth worst team. And this roster is just simply not good enough, as I say this again and again. Corey Joseph last night had 16 minutes, and Corey Joseph is a good dude. He's a real nice dude. But on the basketball court, he's just not helping us win. He has 16 minutes zero points just running up and down daquan jeffries had nice 16 minutes off the bench 
zero points, two rebounds. Um, this bench is literally non-existent without Tyrese Halliburton. And it's sad to say because we got vets on our team. We got guys who's been in the NBA for five or six years. And they're just not creating an impact on our team. And then we just got a rookie who hasn't even had a full training camp, off-season, summer league. Who's coming in and just bringing more of an impact, not only as far as stats or on the court, but just simply basketball IQ and knowing how to play the game. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, we're still the worst defensive team in the league. We're giving up like 30 points. We're giving up 35 plus points every first quarter, it seems like. Like we let the Pistons get like near 40 points on us in the first quarter we let the hornets get 36 points on us in the first quarter we let the knicks get like 40 on us in the first quarter we're just letting whatever team do whatever they want offensively against us and we're just not doing a damn thing about it we're historically the worst defense in the league we're on pace to be the worst defense ever in nba history we're just giving up 120 points with ease you know and it's like okay yeah we had a rough stretch of schedule you know we had a we had a rough schedule for the past 10 games but we're facing against the knicks the hornets and the pistons and they're still getting 120 points on us with ease the knicks had almost 140 against us that shouldn't happen and that shouldn't happen like it's so hard to watch where i'm like even if it's a close game because like i said this team offensively can can score with anybody in my opinion and I think their the offense would be easier if they can actually get some stops. But if I have to scream the whole game, like, we just need one more stop. We just need one more stop. And we're constantly having to fight ourselves back in. And what's worse is when we get down by, like, 15 or 20 points. And we're, we're finally starting to get our offense together. But we're just trading buckets because we can't get a single stop. And it, it sucks. It's just, it's not fun to watch. And it's like, oh, you can blame Luke Walton. We can blame Luke Walton, yeah. We can fire Luke Walton, get a new coach. But what is that going to change? Seriously, what is that going to change? You can talk about how bad Luke Walton is a coach all you want. But how is that going to change the complexion of this franchise? Until I see it happen, I'm not going to believe it. Because I watched Dave Yeager be a solid coach. Couldn't get this team to the playoffs. Fired him after two years. We're going to fire Luke Walton after two years, probably. I don't think he's going to be the coach of this team next year. But it's not its not changing anything. This team still hasn't been to the playoffs in 14 years. And it's, it's tough. <laughs> it's annoying for me to be even waste my breath on this fucking team. Okay? Um, as far as this roster, I don't even think 60% of this roster is going to be on this team for the next two years. I still have belief that our future is good. And that's the good thing. And I still have trust in our GM. It's just rough right now, man. Because the GM, he's just not saying nothing. Monty McNair is the GM, by the way. He's not saying nothing. And he's under the radar. He's keeping things private. But all the fans is just desperately waiting for a move to happen. But he hasn't released nothing yet. But if you look at the moves that he made so far... It has been top quality, like letting Bogdan Bogdanovich walk and get paid with the Hawks. That's not really working out for the Hawks. 
We drafted Tyrese Halliburton to release Bogdanovich. That's working out for us. We have a future star. But, you know, and this roster, that's not, that. this wasn't his roster that he built. This is the roster that Vlade Divac built. And we still got things to reconstruct. And the main thing that we're all waiting for is one of these two players to be traded because their contract doesn't match up to their skill. And we need some money to be freed up. That way we can start taking our team into a new direction. And we got to shop Buddy Hill or Harrison Barnes. And let's break down what both of them brings to the table and how can they help a championship team. Buddy Heald, he's an elite, elite three-point shooter. He's top five in three-pointers made this year. He's one of the fastest players to hit a thousand threes in his career. He will give you ultimate floor spacing, defensive attention. Then we got Harrison Barnes, a vet. He can score on all three levels. He's a solid vet, a, sol a, a very good leader. He has championship pedigree. Um, he doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. And he's played multiple positions. He's consistent and he's reliable. Now, if I have to choose out of the one, I want to shop Buddy. And it's for one reason and one main reason only. That's leading to all of our team's fa failures. Is his defense. I can't stand watching this team not be able to defend. And if I had to choose the worst defender on the court, it's not even Marvin Bagley anymore. It's Buddy Heald. I'm watching him just make... If there was a stat for... To put it in perspective, there was a stat for backdoor cuts allowed. The Kings would be far... Will be have the most backdoor cuts allowed. And when I watch Buddy play defense, he just looks so lost. Can't guard nobody one-on-one, but his health defense is terrible. His foot speed is slow. He's not closing out. He's not a good defender. And he's too inconsistent for me, at least offensively, to be that bad on defense. To being one of the reasons why we're one of the worst defensive teams in NBA history. P.J. fucking Washington have 42 points on us. And most of those points were on Buddy Hill. It, it shouldn't happen. Like, this shouldn't happen where we're letting guys like P.J. Washington, who's a good player, good young player, but he's not a guy that's going to go out there and get you 42. Too many guys over here dropping 35, 40 on us. It don't make no sense. He's not over there popping a lot of threes or, you know, hitting these one-on-ones, tough contested shots. No, he's just getting easy buckets because of bad defense. And to get 42 points like that, it's just, it doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with me. And Buddy Heald could help a championship contending team with his shooting, like Philly. Um, and he can get shopped with Bayalisa. Because Bayalisa, um, who's been playing really good when he when when his name is called on, he, don't des he doesn't deserve to be in this situation in second round. He deserves to help a team win. He deserves to be in a winning situation. He doesn't deserve to be with this franchise right now. He's like 31 or 32 he can help a team win. He doesn't deserve to be in no rebuild process right now. And yeah, and Buddy Hill is getting paid $24 million to give me no defense and inconsistent scoring. I can't even tell you the last time. You know how many guys in this league are averaging 20? There's so many people averaging able to get 20 points. Jordan Clarkson's damn near getting 20 points off the bench. 
and guys are over here getting 30 on some nights, 25 on some nights. I haven't seen Buddy get 30. I don't even know. remember the last time he has gotten me 30 or just had a big night, go for 40. Like a big night or something. You know what I'm saying? You can't be that bad defensively and not give me those offensive numbers. And another frustration that stems with this is that we traded DeMarcus Cousins for you. When I see other teams trade their star player to start a rebuild, those players developed and became a star. That's what they that's what the Kings expected to buddy as a player. You know, I can only blame the franchise so much, but at the end of the day we gotta we gotta hold the some of the plot players accountable and see how much better and how much they grow their game. I watched De'Aaron Fox grow his game. Now, as far as trading your superstars for a player to build around or getting a rebuild, let's throw some examples. A one that I like. I like to talk about all the time. You got the Timberwolves and Bulls trade. The Bulls need to get in a rebuild. They need to move on from Jimmy Butler. So they moved into Minnesota. They got some draft picks. And they got Zach Levine, hoping that he can develop into a star. And that's what he did. He developed into a star. Brandon Ingram for Anthony Davis. Brandon Ingram developed into a star. What's another example? Victor Oladipo for Paul George. And Sabonis. Both of them developed into stars. So, I mean, he's given the green light to shoot whatever shot he likes. But at the end of the day, you don't want to see Buddy trying to take a guy one-on-one or getting buckets all the time because he's just not that efficient. He hasn't developed his game to where he can become an efficient scorer. We we need him to be that guy who can give us 25 points per game because that's who we traded DeMarcus Cousins for. DeMarcus Cousins was giving us 27 and 12 every night. You know what I'm saying? But Buddy didn't develop in that. He's a shooter. That's what he is, and I think that's what he always will be. So, you know, if, you, if he's on a team like Philly where there's a lot of defense around him, and um, he'll be able to have spurts where he's able to be the only guy scoring, like when Joel Embiid or um, Tobias Harris out the game, say if it's just him and Ben Simmons in some rotations, he can succeed in that. Um, but as a number one or even a number two option, that's not his thing. Or even as a number three option. Um, if you're talking about a championship contending team, where I, which is something I want the Kings to become one day, Buddy Hield as your second or third best player is not going to cut it. And that's just the reality of it. And I think Harrison Barnes brings more to the table mentally um, and more to the locker room than what Buddy Hill brings. Because Harrison Barnes is that guy. He's an experienced veteran leader on and off the court. And I'd rather have that. That's the Black Falcon. Put some respect on his name. And I see Harrison Barnes, who they're actually like the same age because Buddy went to college for four years. And Harrison Barnes has shown progression in his game every every year. Seems like Buddy is not going up. You know, he's just getting more shots. <laughs> that's He's getting more opportunities to shoot the ball. And that's the opportunity that the Kings gave him to develop into a star. And he's, ne he's nowhere near an all-star. It's just, he's not. So... He had his he had his opportunity at having his own team because he came and De'Aaron Fox was still young and he's never became that player that Vlade traded him for. So that's just the reality that we're dealing with, and we have to trade one of the two. And I choose to trade Buddy. And the last thing I want to talk about with this team is just the mentality, man. 
And I guess that's where we got to hold, hold Luke Walton accountable. But team just doesn't look motivated. There's a difference between, like, I don't care if we win or lose. I want to get that straight. It's the way we're losing. We're losing and we don't look like we're playing with pride. And that's just not something you want to root for. Especially when Tyrese Halliburton is not playing. Like, it's like they're giving me no reason to watch the game. I almost fell asleep watching the game last night. And it's hard to watch when you don't see your team trying to give it in, give it in their, you know, night in and night out. I watched the fucking Pistons, who is my second favorite team now, by the way. I love to see, I love to see teams in a rebuild succeed. And Pistons deserve, the city of Detroit deserves some winning basket, winning friends. Winning sports, okay? It's tough being a Detroit fan, I bet. You got the Lions, you got the Pistons, you got the Tigers. And even in hockey, the Red Wings is rebuilding now, I guess. So, But when I was watching the Pistons, you know, they got some young talents. And they're playing with some inspiration. Like, you can see that they're trying. It's just that we don't got, we got too many guys. With, we got vets. That doesn't seem like they're trying. We don't seem like. They're giving in. They don't seem like they don't play with no pride. And the defense shows it. Like, defense, that's that's just the effort thing a lot of the time. You know what I'm saying? You can't. The only thing schematic about defense is how you really cover a pick and roll. But I, I would say in, in when it comes to defense, it takes takes effort. It takes effort to close out. It takes effort to go rebound. It takes eff, effort to go over and under screen. It takes effort to not give up easy buckets and just allow easy shots that just that type of shit takes effort and when you be watching your team on a night-to-night basis not play with no effort on that type of on that side of the ball it's tough to watch so i don't know who we would hire as a coach but we definitely need um a guy who can get the best because i mean you know you can get x's and o's guys all you want that's that's what luke walton is but if they if he ain't getting the best um, out of somebody's out of the players mentally, psychologically, then it's not gonna mean anything. I'm watching Tibbs coach his ass off in New York. Say you know you can say all you want that the East is weak, but you know they have they're over 500 and they're competing on a night to night basis because they're playing with passion, they're playing with inspiration, and that matters at the end of the day, and that resonates and that goes a long way to building a winning culture. So until we get that. We're just going to be stuck in the ground, being 13th or 12th place forever, and then end up with, because we have enough talent, it's not like we're in a, I don't think this team came with any, like, plan to rebuild, rebuild, like, Pistons is what a rebuild is, like, like, legitimately rebuilding, where they, from the beginning of the season, where you know they're rebuilding, um, not just because the roster's weak, but they have young pieces they rebuilding. And the Kings roster is not built like that because we have guys um, that are in they're, they're pretty much in their primes, like Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, an ascendant star like Darren Fox, even Tyrese Halliburton, Rashawn Holmes, Marvin Bagley. Uh, Corey Joseph is supposed to be in his prime. Um, even Bea Lisa. You got, we got vet guys, you know what I'm saying? The Pistons is not really relying on veteran guys. They just got a bunch of young talent. And when you're just not playing inspiring basketball, it's... It's just, it's just not fun to watch. So, I don't know if we do get a new coach. I hope he's a guy that can psychologically change the culture of this franchise because they desperately need it. Um, but we got to see how this roster change 
our next two games. We got the Lakers next. That should be fun to witness. Hopefully, we can get a win in that type of game. They usually play up to their opponent. And then we got the Trailblazers on back-to-back. And then it's All-Star break. I'm hoping we can make some type of move All-Star break. I need Monty to shake some things up. But no rush. I trust him. I trust what he's going to do. He's showing me good things so far. But, man, this is hard to watch. Man, this is so hard to watch. And if we want to go into tank mode, there's two players that I want if we get the top five pick. Because what I want, what do I want, guys? What do I want? I want defense. I just need it. We need a defensive weapon. We got a guy that can be one of the best defensive players in the league. And that's Jonathan Kuminga or even hopefully, hopefully, Evan Mobley. If we can get one of those two guys, then we're really talking. But, you know, if, if, if even if we do draft that, those talents, or even if a Kate Cunningham comes, if they're coming to an organization that has no lack of inspiration, then it's not going to mean anything, and we're just going to be a collection of talent. Kind of like a team over there up in the north, Minnesota. Look at all the talent that Minnesota got. They got how many number one picks? They had Andrew Wiggins come through, who's doing pretty good for the Warriors. They still have Cat. They have D'Angelo Russell. They have Anthony Edwards. They have Jared Culver. They have a whole bunch of top 10 picks. They even have Ricky Rubio, who was the person that they drafted, but still didn't mean anything. So until we get the culture change, we can get all this talent that we want. It's not going to mean anything. So I just wanted to come on and rant about that. It's episode 29. I actually plan to come with episode 30, talk about something different. Um... Because it's hard to talk about this Kings team, man. i got to start switching it up because they ain't giving me no reason to start talking about them. This team don't deserve to be talked about like this. But I'm a loyal fan, and even though how much it pains me, I'm sticking through it, sticking through the pain. It's going to work out. It's just going through some tough times right now. But, <sighs> whew, man, just had to let that out. But more episodes going to be coming in the future. Um, I actually picked up another job, so I have two jobs now, so that's on me to keep uploading. I just got to upload on some, on you know, on days where I have work, because I have work later today, but I wanted to be able to record this, and I should be uploading, you know, as I've been doing every, at least every two to three days, something like that, so cheers to a new month, and another month of bad, hopefully a good month of some good basketball by the Kings because February, it started off so good and it went so bad. Like, after Super Bowl Sunday, just shit went downhill. We beat the Clippers. Like, yay, we beat the Clippers. We're winning six straight. Then, boom, just shit went downhill. Just like that. But, you know, it's a roller coaster, though. They might they might be able to surprise me. We might be able to go on another seven-game win streak. This team never fails to surprise me. I'll tell you that. So, I'm going to keep it at there today. Um... I'm glad I'm still doing this. I have a good time coming on here. You know, I might not be getting no revenue or, you know, paid or nothing. But I just enjoy hearing, making this a hobby and talking to the little audience that I have. So, everybody that's listened to it, to this, if you made it this far, you're the reason why I keep going. I'm so appreciative and keep me going, man. Y'all keep me going. So, I'm going to keep it at here. Peace.
Hope y'all have a wonderful evening.